0: Welcome back to Supreme Lessons, the podcast for educators. I'm your host, Giovanni. Do you have trouble remembering parts of a conversation, find yourself getting sidetracked by your own thoughts, or maybe you accidentally zone out while someone's speaking to you? Don't even trip. This happens to me sometimes, too. That's why today I want to talk about active listening, how it impacts one's ability to learn and store information, what drives passive listening and three things you can do to improve your communication skills. According to Carl Rogers and Richard Farson, the authors of the phrase, active speaking is being attentive when one is speaking in order to respond by finding the feeling and meaning behind what's being said. This mode of communication focuses more on why instead of what. The goal of active listening is empathic observation or simply being able to abandon your own perceptions to see things from the speaker's vantage point. Carl Rogers describes this as temporarily living in someone else's life without judgment. In schools, active listening can be a challenge for students and teachers alike. With schedules to keep up with, assignments, deadlines, and exams, it can feel impossible to get the minimum done in a day. Thus, listening takes a backseat to doing, which over time can become a huge issue. Because in order to comprehend something, one must first decode and process to make sense of what's being said. When active listening decreases, so does understanding. Without understanding, mastery of concepts taught becomes impossible, and the chain reaction of confusion and frustration begins. What causes passive listening? Which is when your ears are open, but your mind is closed. One overlooked issue is waiting to speak. And I'm not just talking about being polite. What I mean by waiting to speak is zoning out until the other person stops talking because you're mentally preoccupied with what you have to say. This is not actually listening. Sort of like being at a traffic light. You might not notice much while the light is red because your focus is on the light turning green. While this habit is acceptable while driving, it's not as useful when communicating. Genuine responses require reflection and understanding of what's been said. Next is one of my greatest flaws, fixing. I'm a fixer. I do listen, but with the intent of finding a problem and then presenting solutions. Sounds harmless, right? Well, it is. Yet, sometimes, it's not needed. Believe it or not, sometimes people just want to be heard. We all have a voice and deep down everyone wants to be understood. The problem is when logic is offered where empathy is needed, a disconnect occurs and communication breaks completely. I'm still working on this y'all, so please pray for me. Now let's talk about a lack of awareness. Have you ever been talking to someone but their eyes are glued to their phone? Annoying, right? The problem is a lack of awareness. This happens when you're bodily present but you're mentally absent. There's so much going on in life, work, appointments, errands, bills, chores, and with all these things demanding their attention, at the same time, it's no wonder practices like mindfulness and meditation have grown in popularity. Remember, you can't be in two places at once. Give yourself a break from time traveling. Stop dwelling on the past and worrying about the future, and just be present. After all, it is a gift. Now, here are three ways to improve your active listening skills in your personal life and your classroom. First up is nonverbal communication, which accounts for about 55% of conversations. Imagine talking to someone who looks confused. Your instincts would tell you to pause and see if they have a question. That's because active listening is more than just about ears and mind. It heavily involves body language as well. Making eye contact, nodding to show you're following the conversation, and allowing for authentic reactions such as facial expressions or a giggle can really liven the talk. In your classroom, you can incorporate hand signals that indicate the level of understanding the student has about what's being taught. I call it the five-finger technique. One finger up means the student needs a different kind of explanation or demonstration because they are completely lost. Two fingers up means they kinda follow you, but they need things to be simplified. Three fingers up means they're starting to get it, but they may have questions before they start the project. Four fingers up means that they're comfortable enough to try things on their own, and they'll follow up with you later to make sure that they're on the right track. Five fingers up means they totally understand the lesson. Here's a cheat code. Pair your five finger students with your two and three finger students while you work with your one finger students and watch the magic take place. Another great way to improve your active listening is rephrasing. When I say rephrasing, I don't mean parroting back every word a person says. Rephrasing is about taking what's been said and remixing it in your own words. This accomplishes two very important goals. First, it allows you to express your understanding of a conversation. Secondly, rephrasing validates the speaker's voice and lets the person know they have your undivided attention. In my classroom, I love a good call and response. I usually start with a general concept of a lesson broken down into a simple phrase. For example, when teaching my students math, I always say, math is about counting, not guessing. For a call and response, I start with the first half of the phrase and let my students finish it. Whenever students are having a hard time with a math problem, I gently encourage them with the question. What is math about? It's a simple but powerful tip that increases student engagement, comprehension, and mastery of concepts. Finally, ask good questions. I believe the best way to start and keep a good conversation going is by asking great follow-up questions. Seek to have the speaker paint a vivid picture by adding additional details. For example, when a friend tells you they had a great weekend, you can follow up with, tell me what happened. Or, what was your favorite part? Both these responses show an interest in the discussion that open the conversation up for a great dialogue. Students are often short when answering questions. This is not because they don't have much to say. Actually, most of the time, the student just doesn't know how to express his or her thoughts and feelings. Follow-up questions like, what made you think that? Or, why do you feel that way? Get the student to talk more, which inevitably leads to them expressing themselves on a deeper level. You can even assist in this process by rephrasing their responses in a more articulate or poetic way, which sparks their creativity and introduces new words to their vocabulary. I even ask open-ended questions, which is another great way to incorporate the call and response technique. Well, that's my time for the day, but I want to leave you with a phrase I use to express the importance of active listening. A wise owl sat on an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why aren't we all like that wise old bird? I'm your host Giovanni. This is Supreme Lessons. Till next time, peace.